rejecting It's the raggy dolls Raggy dolls Dolls like you and me Raggy dolls Raggy dolls Made imperfectly Hello and welcome to SMPD, the podcast where we look back at the cartoons that shaped our childhood. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my cartoon compadre, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And this episode, we are looking back at an 80s favourite, I think, probably for both of us, The Raggy Dolls. Yeah, now this one um, has been on the list for quite a while. Um, I wanted to do this one probably not long after we started, just because the, the theme tune is always going around in my head. Um, yeah, me too. And, and, and even the the the, end, the, the outro video, um, not so much the intro video, but the outro, certainly we're all climbing back into the reject bin. That's yeah. always stuck in my head where Sad sack has got the hook and they lift him over and, and pull him up and shit. That I've all, That's always going around in my head. That's how fucked up my brain is. It's weird how iconic that outro is, isn't it? Like most yeah. of the time we talk about intros being iconic on this show, but for this it's definitely the outro, as you say, because they're all going back into the reject bin and they're climbing in and stuff. Yeah. And you even, remember that? Even the, um, even the It's the same song, but it's it's all done by, um, oh, fuck, Neil Lines. Um, so, so whereas the, the intro, is, it's got a, a different voice on it at the start with um, doing, uh, covering Princess. Yes. Um, whereas it's it's all um, Neil, Neil Lines' voice um, for the ending. So it, even that I remember better than the intro. Yeah, um, they are very similar though. But that it's, theme same, tune, it's the same. It's the same tune. It's just different voice. Yeah, um, that theme tune is is a strange one though, isn't it? Because like you said, like it, it's like it, it can kind of permanently just reside in my brain. And if anybody at any point says something that's going to trigger it, yeah. it, like I have a weird OCD thing where I have to have the whole theme song play its course oh, in yeah. my brain before I can leave it go again. Yeah, exactly. um, same here. But it's not like musically. It's not no. all that good, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> but it's what it needs to be. It's, it's it's an earworm. Yeah, oh, it's it's a complete earworm, and it's. I think there's something lyrically about it that gets stuck there. Yeah. But actually, like, obviously, I've heard it a few times while we've been watching these episodes. Yeah. And I'm I'm never to the point of going like, oh, for fuck's sake, it's never nails on a blackboard. <laughs> but it was getting to the point where I was like, okay, skip intro. I've got it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's not. It's, it would definitely be a contender in any discussion about best theme tunes just because it definitely does what it needs to do. But yeah. I don't think it's like it doesn't fire you up in the same way that the really, really good theme tunes are, does it? Because no. it's a lot more laid back. It's a lot. It, it more... is, but it, it's aimed at younger kids. Well. I mean, you look at stuff like Ulysses and even when you get into like Power Rangers and stuff like that, therefore they're aimed at slightly older kids. And definitely. So, I mean, th- yeah, this yeah. has got a bit more of a. A sort of lyrical sing-song attitude to it. Um, lot of, yeah, it's got a lilt. Things like Button Moon and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Um, but it, so but it, even, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's got a lilt to it. But even things like Button Moon and Shoe People, I think they're yeah. actually better than this. It's yeah, just yeah. that this is, I think this is definitely more iconic. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe than Shoe People. I don't know if it's more iconic than Button Moon. I don't know. There are a few things that can be classed as more iconic than Button Moon, I think, theme tune-wise. I mean, who doesn't know, know we're off the Button Moon? Yeah. Like, but, I, yeah. No, sh- 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 people. True, true. Uh, and who doesn't know? I don't, maybe there's something in this. I don't know. This this warrants further exploration. <laughs> I, th- I think it might. Yeah, I think there may be um, some needed here. I think what I'm trying to say is that, like, whilst it is definitely a very good theme tune and it gets stuck in your head, and I know all the words and have known all the words even before before yeah. we started rewatching it, you would only have to mention Raggy Dolls to me, and I can run the whole song in my head. I can name all the Raggy Dolls. Like, I can I can definitely do all of that. Um, but it's maybe not as 
it does, I, I don't know, it just doesn't have that same effect on me that listening to something like, you know, like Shoe People was pleasant to listen to. When we were, you know, even when I was editing it, it would be Shoe shoo, 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 People. It's, I'd be a, more, it's a lot more for, gentle, isn't it? It's yeah, like I'd be farmer. wandering around for a while afterwards, you know, just do 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 Yeah, and it would just be going around. Where is this? It starts. I'd be doing like, that oh, today. Fuck. Like, as soon as it starts going through my head, I'm like, oh, fuck. I just, this has got to go. This is it. This has just got to go. Um, <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I, I think what it might be is that it doesn't have an instrumental hook yeah thing all of the others have got like with with shoe people you've got the doop dee doop dee doop dee doop and then things like that to carry you through whereas this hasn't actually got an instrumental hook the, the backing is actually quite sparse it's got that kind of generated yeah. percussion and it's it's all about the vocal so i think maybe that's what the difference is yeah, even uh, though, actually, there's not really there's not really an intro to it either. It is just you get like two bars and you you, you uh, two chords and you're straight into the the intro the, the vocal, aren't you? There's not much yeah. at all. Yeah, it just starts dun 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 dun. It's got a kind of mechanical TikTok thing to yeah. it, which makes sense because in the yeah. opening sequence we're on the production line with yeah, the, we're on the princess. Well. Yeah, so it it makes total sense. Um, and it, I'm not I'm not trying to slag the song off in any way. It just that was one of the first things that struck me rewatching this was like. I expected to have a much stronger reaction to the theme tune than I did, is, mm. is what I'm saying. Like, even though I, I knew it, like I was expecting to get a little bit, you know, here's standing on end, getting a buzz from it. And I, I yeah, did. I mean, I, I, I did kind of get I, I I'd forgotten the the opening bit with Princess on the line. I remember the visual. Mm-hmm. And that scary ass fucking hand coming down and picking her up. I remember all of that. That's probably re- scary. That isn't is it? really dark. And the fact that she's there with you know, the cropped hair and the ripped dress and shit looks a little bit fucking rape revengey. Gotta yeah. be honest. Um, yeah. And then this fucking you know, gigantic hand comes down with a shadowy figure and picks her off the line and carts her off and drags her off upside down to the bin and all the rest of it. So that's quite fucking dark for, you know, for what is effectively a, a not quite a preschool show, but certainly an early school age show. Um, but I'd forgotten that bit of the of the music side of it. I mm. can only remember sort of the upbeat chorus of it, yeah, and that's yeah. the bit I always can sing anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean that I'd forgotten about that, and, and as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh yeah, fuck, I forgot yeah, about yeah. that. No, so I the mean, first I... the first couple of times I was like, okay, yeah, I've, I, I'm, I'm enjoying this because I'd forgotten about it. By the third or fourth episode, I'm like, yeah, seriously, done now. Yeah, I, I mean, move it's, on. it's Game of Thrones level skip intro on it. It's just like no, <laughs> no, I can't do it. It again. is, it is quite long as well, actually. It's about a minute, I think, the intro, which yeah. when you consider the, the episodes are like, what, 10, 11 minutes. So yeah. that's that's quite a big chunk to be taken yeah. out. Um, but, yeah, because like, even the end credit, the end credit's like 30 seconds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, I mean, you're, actually, you're actually taking a minute and a half off your episode, off, off your story. But I think they were done in twos, weren't they? They were done in twos, yeah. And it's also, I think, the thing of... Like it is a theme tune in in the classical sense with cartoons, you know, where we talk about where we, where we kind of like it that you sort of use the theme tune as an origin and explain what's going on, and this does that. Like it's yeah. part, it's, it's part of the show, really, yes. isn't it? Yeah. It's, this theme tune, you know, so it's not just you know a bunch of text on a screen with some music. It is it is part of the show. I think yeah. uh, it introduces you to you don't meet all the characters i don't think it's primarily princess's journey throughout the intro yeah, isn't it? princess is the only one you really you, you find anything out you see the others yeah um in you know, when they sort of climb you know, at the top of the bin and stuff but you don't really get to know anything about any of the others no um so yeah i mean that was that was primarily the thing i remembered about raggy dots was that intro and that theme tune and you know just just in the interest of, of fairness as we always say in the show like this has been a last minute addition yeah, uh, this, this was like a change yesterday. Been, yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, it's been on our list for a very long time, 
Um, but actually, the show we were supposed to be recording tonight has fallen through because we've had some difficulty getting hold of the material. As you know, we like to source things legally wherever we can. That was becoming quite problematic for the show that we were going to do. Let, let's, uh, let's be honest, sourcing it less legally was also pretty fucking difficult. Yeah, there's that as well. Like, even if we wanted it, it, to. It was, hard, it was hard enough tracking it down legally. Um, when you, No, I mean, and when we say illegally, we mean you know, we go to things like YouTube where it's just you know, unlicensed stuff where that's, the people that's put illegal. on. That is that, illegal. That, that, yeah, but I'm not talking, we're, you know, we're, we're, go, we're going out and downloading and, and pirating and shit like that. Um, but well, same thing. Yeah, <laughs> it is the same. It, it thing. is kind of. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, YouTube. YouTube kind of degrade a lot of that, isn't that? Because um, yeah. you can still post it, you can't monetize it and shit like that. So, um, but yeah, so well, I mean, it's fair usage as well. Watching an entire episode, you could argue, is not fair usage. Watching an entire series, you can argue, is not fair usage. Yeah, like, like just, you know, like we do, maybe snipping out a bit of the theme tune for 10, 15 seconds, you can maybe argue fair usage there. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm aware of the hypocrisy of my argument here, but there's a difference between that yeah. and yeah, no, I, I agree completely. I I do agree completely. But I mean that that I mean that's the extent of my illegal activity. Look, is looking for shit on YouTube. You know, yeah. I, I I I I'm not going out. No, You're not buying it on and, a street corner or anything. And like, I think it. that would be slightly less seedy. I've got to be honest. <laughs> Probably would. You know, a little old man who opens opens half his coat and there's a stack of DVDs there. Yeah. Oh man, like I, I never like had an old man. Days. Yeah, I was gonna say I never had no man open his coat to me, but I do remember distinctly like going to the car boots and like you'd go to Blackpool on the seafront and they would have like decorators tables with just yeah. dodgy VHSs. I, I remember uh, before we knew any better. Yeah, when we went on a family holiday to Tenerife in about ninety eight or ninety-nine and um me and my brother um, we were old enough to you know, go off and do what we wanted, and you know, so it was fine. And there was a, the, on the right in the corner um, of our hotel, there was a bar, and there was a guy standing outside, and he had. And had you not been able to see the fact he had trousers on, he, as soon as he walked up, he was just opening his coat and you think, "Fuck, what's going on here?" And yeah. he just had watches, just like them, like on a military fucking the lucky, lucky man, yeah, yeah, proper, yeah, proper lucky, like, and, yeah. and that was the first time I'd ever seen it to that extent. I was like, "Fucking hell." Yeah. But then, yeah, but it literally was. You, know, you go down the road and the next one would have, no, knockoff fags. The next one would have, no, uh, would have no, cheap fucking tap merchandise type stuff. And there was one with with, with DVDs. And DVDs always, were fucking new at this point. Yeah, um, always and, a guy selling. Well, I'm, for, for me, it was VHSs. But yeah same, yeah, same thing. Always a guy selling knockoff films. Um, or, or in Tenerife, in my case, I, I had a few family holidays in Tenerife as well. It was always hooky Game Boy cartridges with like 50 yeah. games on one cartridge. Except it wasn't 50 games because they treated each level of a, a game okay. as a game. Yeah. yeah. So it was actually more like about fucking five games yeah. on one cartridge, but you could separate the levels. It's fucking dodgy as fuck. Anyway, yeah. way off topic already. I, I, while we're on that, um, I remember my cousin had a, was it a Game Genie? Yes, Game and Genie. he had one of those, and he, his old man came back from Tenerife with a couple of these cartridges, and they, they that was like 24 games, this, 50 games that, 100 games that, and they were fucking awful. Yeah, yeah it, oh, they are. A lot of them was, are just broken versions of the game. Yeah. Um, but it was hilarious trying to play them because you get to a certain point and it would always glitch. Yeah. And then it would freeze and you have to take the batteries out and turn it off, take the batteries out to properly reset it and all this sort of shit. It's fucking hilarious. I mean, there were some of them which literally were just completely like cracked open copies of games and they just replaced sprites. So you'd have, like, I don't know how many times I've got one of those cartridges and it would have like World 1 1 of Mario <laughs> Brothers. But yeah. you'd you'd have like Donatello instead or something like just total <laughs> fucking nonsense. Anyway, we're way 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 off topic. Um, <laughs> all of that is a roundabout way of saying we came to Raggy Dolls quite late. Yeah, um, it, it's, been about, it's been about thirty hours, I think. 
Yeah, but we specifically circled back around onto this one because we both felt that actually we can remember it well enough. Um, it was, you know, sometimes we do shows that one of us knows better than the other, but we both kind of felt that yeah. we both know Raggy Dolls well. Um, and, and actually, in the space of that 30-odd hours, I've ended up watching quite a few episodes because they are pretty readily available. Yeah, and, I think I've done about six or seven, and which is short. quite a lot for me. Yeah, and, and they're short. Um so yeah, I, I feel like I've I've seen a fair bit of it, but yeah, initially like it, it was very quick. It was a decision made of us like right, we're going to do Raggy Dolls. You sent me a, um, a link straight away of where I could get them, so I watched one straight away, and I was like, "Fucking hell, there's that theme song." So it was it was immediate. It, I didn't yeah. get time to process anything. It was just like there's that theme song straight away. So we got into it, but also then I feel like I I i've come to it with no kind of preconception at all because sometimes we do build these shows up like yeah. we'll see we know they're coming we sort of do our schedule we kind of work in seasons alongside the other shows to be honest so yeah. we kind of do our schedules sometimes two yeah, three it, months in advance yeah as I say, we normally um, so 10 to 12 weeks aren't we yeah because you know it, it does take a long time to watch all of this stuff so sometimes we'll be weeks in front of actual recording um which, and then which you get, be, stuff, get stuff to throw in like halloween and christmas and shit as well so you know yeah. you can't, we have to work around that as well yeah, and I mean, that can be really good when you get a show like I did recently with Rent-A-Ghost, where I was just like, oh, I'm going to watch as much as this as fucking possible, because I started yeah. watching it way before the show, so I could watch a lot more of it. Um, whereas with this one, I've just kind of been thrust into it. But when when we've got that build-up come in, that's where sometimes then we lead to that disappointment. And we had yeah. it with Beetlejuice recently, where we're like, oh, you're really excited about that, and then you watch it. So that didn't have time to sink in here. So I, yeah. I, I feel like I've come to this from a real even keel um and like the first thing that struck me with this show was just and it's pretty obvious to any onlooker now and that even i must have been a thick kid because how i didn't get this as a kid either like it's it's there's a lot in here is to yeah. just kind of pull out that, that i just didn't realize existed as a kid like obviously you've got the whole thing of they're all some sort of cipher for a physical or mental disability yeah um, and i think even even to a lesser extent than that i mean it's aimed at kids who would be about four or five and it's just no it's the whole point of it is it's okay to be different it doesn't matter that he's got blonde hair and you know you've got brown hair or that you're black and he's white or any of that it's just everybody's different but it doesn't matter and on a very basic level that's the whole point of it and it's something that i mean certainly i gravitated towards because as a kid i was the only kid in my in my class who wore glasses and was bullied the fuck out of wearing glasses for many years until the cool kid then went oh fucking blind and started wearing glasses. Then all of a sudden he was the best since he sliced bread. Um, but you now having worn them since I was two, I really didn't fucking see the uh, the, you know, the the bonus in that. Um, I was always taller than everybody else. Um, so all no all these things. You know, the, when you do stand out, having something like this, which you no know, even on a fundamental level that says it's okay to be different. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, yeah. something. You know, it's something that you know. It really does hit home quite, you know, quite hard early on. Um, and so this would. I mean, this ran from. I want to say eighty six to ninety four, something like that. Yeah, eighty six to ninety four. So I mean, I'd have been like fucking three when this thing started. I'd have been prime for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have been. What did you say? Eighty six. Eighty six. Yeah, that about tracks for me because I I would have been five then in eighty six, and I remember this being, as you say, not preschool, but certainly an, an early, sort of early childhood show. Yeah. Um, and I was the fat kid in school um i've spoke about that on on the show before you know i was obese as a child so so again i i think on a subconscious level i had that connect that you had with it but i don't and it's really fucking obvious when you look back at it of course it's it's about misfits and things but i i don't feel like i actually consciously connected with that as a child um but it it must have been there on a subconscious level for me because it wasn't 
I, I feel like had I subconsciously connected with it, that's something I would have remembered going back to this now, and I yeah. would have carried through my life. And it wasn't like in watching that first episode I was watching, I was like, holy shit, okay, so yeah, of course, Hi Fi's got a stammer. Yeah. And, you know, and, and then Dottie's the fucking artsy one, and Sad Sack's the fat one. And, you know, it's. Well, Sad Sack's fucking Eeyore, let's be fair. Well, he is, but he's also fat. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. So, so there was all of these, these things. Um, that, that for some reason I didn't pull out, and it surprises me in in a lot of ways. I think that it's it's been as popular, and I say been because I don't think this has endured. Even though we remember no. the theme scene, I don't think it's endured. You know, in in the same way that some of the shows that we do have. Um, but it surprised me that it was as popular as it was, bearing in mind it was playing squarely to the unpopular kids. Mm. Um, but it's having said that, I it. It's certainly in all the episodes I've watched, and again, I've probably done six or seven. Um, it never comes off as overly preachy about that no. stuff, and that, I feel like it's it has mixed success because of that. Um, mm. I think to a certain extent, there's something really nice, and this is something we talk about at length on on Better Than Mario and, and Game of Moans, just because it comes up in, in conversation with with those shows, but. I feel like there's definitely something to be said for the fact that they never make a thing out of any of these disabilities. Yeah. It is never a problem. It never holds any of them back. Yeah. And it is never, you know, it's never the sticking point of an episode. But because of that, I feel like narratively, there is very little going on here where, where yeah. there could be. Um, you know, these characters could have very real obstacles to overcome and it could be about them rising above their obvious disabilities, be they physical or mental, and overcoming those challenges and supporting each other through that. But I and think I feel like that... maybe the message would have got through stronger had they Possibly, done that. Possibly, but I think given where it was pitched at, given the, given the age group it plays to, I think that might have been a bit much. And I think that yes. the the message you get from it, it's, it's, it's less focused on people having issues and far more focused on inclusivity. So the fact that they are a, a bunch of ragtag misfits who you know, they have nothing in common apart from the fact they're all rejects, that's, you know, that's the thing that bonds them. So it doesn't matter that, you know, I mean, I've got this sort of the backstories from here. Like, you know, Lucy, you know, Lucy is there because she was defective and the, her thread wasn't tight enough, so she falls apart. Um, Dottie had oil spilled on her. Um, Hi-Fi's um, hi um, circuitry went bad, which is why he stammers. Sad sack was too expensive to make. Um, so you know they could have spent a long time on that, but in reality they've th they've, they've thrown these backstories. I mean, they're 112 episodes, so that they've had a lot of time to throw this stuff in, but they haven't needed to, to make a point of each particular one. So, well, that's just who he is. That's just who she is, and that's yeah. fine. And I think that's it benefits from that because if you if they'd spent time trying to focus on particular issues or trying to make it as you know, trying try to make it in the way you, you were saying that it, it, it pitches it to an older audience. So they lose a lot of their demographic, but I think the audience they're pitching at wouldn't necessarily understand it anyway. I think they'd have to go slightly too high for it. And then it would be the fucking kids show. I don't want to see that. Um, so it, it, I think it, yeah. it, 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 what it, what it does, I think it does a far more effective job of, and I don't think they'd have had nine seasons and 112 episodes if they hadn't been able to pull that off. I think, I think you're right. And I think that's why they do that. But then, you know, as a counterpoint to that, you can look at something like Peanuts, which is also pitched at children on the surface. Um, but actually, or even like the most direct comparison for Raggy Dolls, and you've already made it, and it really is there. The most direct comparison is Winnie the Pooh. Hmm. Um, and even even Winnie the Pooh has a hell of a lot to say about mental illness if you want to go looking for it. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I feel like this 
very much just plays at a surface level. Oh yeah, and definitely. and that's something that like. I feel like I was constantly looking to dig for things that weren't here with this show because it is, whilst it's not a preschool show, it is definitely pitched at young children. And I feel like I've had to give it a pass on a lot of things because it's been made for young children. I, I think that the stories are appalling. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. Very little fucking happens. Um, I, I think it's very poorly written, if I'm honest. I think the the narration is not great let's be honest the narration is fucking awful let's be fair yeah um <laughs> especially yeah. when you've got the same guy trying to do you know trying to do lots of different voices uh especially the female voices and it just doesn't work no the, it just sounds like fucking bernard manning it really does the the animation is almost non-existent it's practically <laughs> a fucking picture book yeah no um, I mean, we we talked about this yesterday um so after we suggested this literally we were both watching the first episode at the same time and I sent this um, a still there. So they, um, there's a little boy who crashes his, his remote control airplane and they take it away and they, you know, they patch it all up. And the animation, when they're patching it up, it very much looks like Lucy's tugging it off. Um, sad sack is dry humping the front of it. And you move Dotty three frames to the left or Hi-Fi three frames to the right and she's sucking him off. And you, yeah. you look at it and you go, right, okay, this either that's, Re- done, that's been done intentionally and is really close to the bone and they're just relying on the fact that it's a kid show and they'll get away with it or you've got some really fucking naive animators um, I think I know the answer to that but yeah, I'm not gonna, yeah. oh I'm definitely gonna it's too it's too fucking blatant um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah you're right I mean the, the, the animation is very basic um, but in, in terms of the story I mean that that one is a particular time because I know we both watched that one it's fucking awful the, no, the, the story is practically not just there is one later on which I saw. It's a two-parter. So they introduce um, Mr. Grimes's um, childhood bear. Um, it gets no, it, it gets returned. They fix it and all the rest of it, um, and they befriend him. And then the second part of that is an episode called Mr. Marmalade, which is Grimes's cat. I've, and, I've seen some with Marmalade in. I don't think I've seen yeah, that episode, but I've seen um, some. That's, with the, that's the introduction of, of, of Marmalade. And so the, you first meet him. He jumps out of a tree and pounces on Lucy, who falls apart. Um, because he thinks that they're attacking the teddy bear. Okay. Um, so they all become friends at the end, but they don't like him because he's rude and you know, I, they ask him to apologize. And I don't apologize. Cats never apologize. And it's, you know, it's that sort of thing, which is yeah. quite, you know, it's, you know, cats can be assholes, as we all know. Plus, um, ginger. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so you, you get that, but then um, they, they, get into, they get into trouble. They get into an altercation with a rat in the factory, and Marmalade saves them. So there's this whole thing about not judging a book by its cover and judging by action, no, by 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 deeds, not words and stuff like that. So that they are they are they are trying, and I think that's about halfway through the run. So I mean, things are are evolving, and if I would like to think, if we get if we look at the episodes at the end of the run, there may be a bit more to them again. I wouldn't bet the mortgage on it, but maybe given, given I mean the ones I've watched, I've watched them in. They weren't no, I didn't watch episodes one to six or whatever. I picked them out as as I came across them, but I watched them all in order, and they did seem to improve as I went through. Yeah, maybe. I, I think most of the ones I watched very early on. But yeah, just pointing out Marmalade there. Even characters like Marmalade, the one I saw that had him in, also had a scarecrow in as well. Um, and even those tertiary characters seem to be sort of... Broken. I don't want to, yeah, or, or, or I don't want to use the term minority because that, that implies that ginger people are somehow less than... <laughs> <laughs> you said it than, and that's not what i mean um <laughs> i but, didn't say it 
but we all know it. Like in school, you have the fat one, you have the ginger one, you have the specky one, you have the arty one, you have the poor one, you have the scruffy one. And Those we talked about ones. this with yeah, we we talked about this when we were looking at peanuts last year at yeah. Christmas as well. And and so even the cat, you know, it's not it's not a black and white cat, you know, it's not a tabby cat. It is a ginger cat. It's a ginger it's, cat. It is a flat out ginger cat. The scarecrow happens to have a very thick Bristolian accent hmm. because he has to be the farmer, obviously. Yeah. No, so so every character is set up to be some sort of representation of a very specific minority group. Hmm. Yeah, with it within this social construct that we all know as school. Yeah, because yeah. that's that's essentially what it's pitched at. The factory is like school. Yeah. Um and I, I think even for a show aimed at younger kids, I think there is a lot more that they could have got out of that than simply here's a bunch of characters that you'll recognize just fucking around. Because that that's I, I think that's what I'm getting at. It's not that perhaps they should have problems set up that that address their dis, their various disabilities mm-hmm. or sort of um, the reasons why they're sort of less fortunate than others. It's more that nothing ever happens because of it or in spite of it either yeah. way like they just happen to exist and they're yeah, all they're just friend group. and and like i said there is something very nice about the inclusivity of that they're just a bunch of regular dolls essentially even yeah. though they're not because they're all different the idea is that they've all found each other and they're all regular dolls but then they never have to do anything with that it's never no they never have to overcome anything do they? they're never even acknowledged as like oh they're the outcast ones you know they, they're just this this friend group that's formed and, and i feel like in order to for us to specifically see them as a reflection of that kind of outcast group then we need to see the popular kids yeah and i mean the only place you ever really see that is in the in the opening credits yeah with all the other princesses on the line and, and princess being the only one who gets gets removed I don't think you ever really see it apart from that. I don't think you do. And and, and like again, I, said, I mean, there, there's there are 112 episodes. We've watched like half a yeah, dozen. Yeah, and look, that's not so. necessarily a criticism. As I say, there is definitely something nice about how inclusive it is. Um, but I feel like if you're going to just do that, at the very least, it needs to be better written and it needs to be a better product, I think. Um Having said that, we both remember it very fondly. It obviously connected with us as yeah. children. I mean, I watched this thing fucking loads, primarily as well because it was always on, mind you. This thing was well, on yeah, all I mean, the fucking time. Well, listen, we'll have a look at it, right? So there are nine seasons. It ran from nine, 3rd of April 1986 to the 20th of December 1994. Okay, so I, mean, I was 13 thing, when this ended. I mean, this thing ran for, say, 12 and a half years and it spawned 112 episodes. And I think that's. Um, 112 stories, so um, yeah, so 56. So there's two per episode, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, so you were looking at 13 episodes in the first seven seasons and 10 in the last two. So there aren't that many episodes to be running for nine and a, uh, for for eight and a half years. No, but it but just it was always on continually, continually. And I think and it, it probably relied on. And we we've talked about this before. It probably relied on because they were doubles. They could probably cut them up. in half. Yeah, I said right. There's one this week. There's one. I was one this Thursday. One next Thursday. One next Thursday. One next Thursday, and run them ad infinitum. And by the time you get to no, um, I say twenty six uh, stories in, thirteen episodes in, they can go back to the beginning if they haven't got the next series ready. Yeah, but then you know there, there are shows that run and run and run and run like that, which I can watch to the point where they've run and run and run so many times that I can point out individual episodes. Yeah. But I can't. I couldn't do that with Raggy Dolls. Going back to it, I'm sure I've seen some of the episodes that I've watched before mm. as a child. 
I couldn't tell you thing one about any of them when I was watching. It was like I was watching them all for the first time, other than knowing the characters and knowing the mm. setup. Um, which again, maybe, maybe that was something for me as well. Is coming to it fresh. Like maybe I was looking for more out of it. I don't know. But there is, there's definitely, it, there's so much there. Like every one of those characters has a lot that you can extract from them yeah. from the surface. And and you, you can do that, but it's not there for you. That's that's my problem. You know, this like Princess, for example, you know, well on the surface level, Princess is just in the in the reject bin because they fuck her up on the production line and so she her clothes are all raggedy and torn and stuff like that. Yeah. Um what she is the poor kid. Yeah. It's like she's coming to school in worn out clothes. That's what she is. Yeah. Um the, the, then... the, the one that the one that, that really upset me actually, um, not for any particular reason, but uh, Claude, there's fuck all wrong with him apart from the fact well, he's, he's an immigrant. Foreign. Yeah, he's, he's an foreign. immigrant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's why he's been lumped in with the with the, with the, the outcasts and the misfits. Um, because let's say no, he's they, I think his backstory, and I read it earlier, is that he, he he basically fell off the back of a truck. Yeah, and couldn't get back couldn't get back to where he was going. So because there was nowhere else to put him, they chucked him in the re, in the reject bin. He's an immigrant. He's he's the foreign kid. Um, now, but again, they don't they don't really play on the cultural differences, and they don't really play on the wanting to go home or anything like that. I no, mean, there are, I think... there are a couple of allusions to the fact that you no, know, he's aware of France and he's aware he's not in France, and he and you no, know, he could at some point go home. But apart from that, I think there are two episodes: um, the first one where they're in the plane and he wants to fly to France, and the second one, I think they they go, they they're on a boat somewhere and they think they've got to France, but it's actually an island in the middle of the sea, you know, in the middle of the channel somewhere. Um, yeah. But apart from that, like I don't remember there being this massive thing of you no know, massive push of getting him back to France. And and this is the thing, um, because it plays so safe, and it does feel like they're playing that safe, okay? Because um, I don't think I, I mean, they, and this could just be the area I'm from. There may be areas of the country where this is completely different. And as always, that's the case. Listeners, let us know, okay? But I don't think I saw a French person till I was in the comp and went on a school trip. I think I can I honestly say that. Now. Had you made him Italian or Indian, uh, Chinese, you know, all of those. Yeah, we, we had those nationalities in my school. French, no, not so much. So, again, it's like, was there this thing of, well, well we've got to be careful. We don't want to offend anybody. Hmm. So, I'll I tell you what, making French, no one gives a fuck if we offend the French. You know, yeah, it's, our entire history is predicated on fucking over the French. Fuck them. It's the French. You know, so and it feels like there is something safe about that. And maybe yeah. that's, I mean, look, Sad Sack as well has more than a whiff of a gollywog about him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the but fact they that... never acknowledge that. And, and I feel like that the lessens of... the effect, you know? Yeah. Like, even, even the shape of Sad Sack, you know, he has the slightly bulbous head and the sort of the broader shoulders and he, and he, him being bigger than, ever, than all the other toys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're right. No, and I hadn't pieced that together. But yeah, there's, there is very much a gollywog about about that that character design. Definitely. Look, look at his skin tone as well. But again, they won't go all the way with it. They make him this kind of it's like, an or- like an orangey color. Yep. Yeah, he he doesn't quite have cornrows or dreads, but he does have kind of it's bobbly kind of like hair. Yeah. And it's like, look, if if you're going to do this. Then please don't play it safe because I think it does it does lessen you. If you're going to make these characters strong despite their perceived differences, if it's going to be a case of well they just are who they are, okay. And Claude is French because he's just French. Got a problem with it? Don't give a fuck. He's French. He's still Claude. Doesn't change who he is. Yeah. Same with Sad Sack. Okay. Let's say Sad Sack all of a sudden is Caribbean. 
doesn't change who he is. He's no. still a sad sack. If you've got a problem with that, then you're the problem, not him. Not the show. But they don't do that. And I feel like that's where the inclusivity of it falls down slightly because they are afraid to push those boundaries. Now, this is the mid-80s. So yeah, I was going to say. You know, you can make some allowances there, I guess. We certainly weren't as culturally aware then as we are now. But then in some ways, you'd wonder whether would they then have just done it anyway? I don't know. It's It, I, it I falls in a very weird place. It feels like it should be a kind of mid to late 90s show and not an early 80s show, doesn't it? Yeah, but I think if it were to be a mid to late 90s show, then it would have to have a point and it would have to have a message other than just what it has. But that's what I'm saying. I think that, and, and I think that is what it's lacking. And I think the fact that I say you can pull all of these things out of it. And it, to me, now as an adult, they are very clear. Sadsack is very clearly uh, of of a some sort of mixed ethnicity. There is no doubt about that. Mm. When, when you look at his, his shape and his colouring and his voice even. Yeah, so like, I was going to say his voice and his speech pattern. There's, there's a draw to it, which you... Again, through some really unfortunate stereotypes, you do tend to associate with um, Car- with the Caribbean and sort of North African slave trade and the way, it, with the way that's depicted. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is quite unfortunate. Um, same with Claude. It's that sort of you know, very exaggerated French aspect. You, know, you, you should have a string of onions and a, and a gore while hanging out of his mouth. Exactly. And if you're going to do that, then you're going to go for that level of stereotyping with him and making French, then... What's wrong with, with going all the way with Sad Sack? And, mm. you know, why... Look, back to front. I mean... Back well, to he's, he's the backwards kid, isn't he? Yeah. So, you know, just he's, do it. He's, yeah. Just do it. Just do it. Don't, don't talk in riddles about it. If you want to be inclusive and you want to pass this off like it's not a thing, then just do it. Just give him a, just give him a learning difficulty. Just, just do it. Yeah. Just, just fucking do it. It's fine. You know, and I think the only character that that I can honestly say they really nail that with and consciously address it and and go with it is Hi-Fi. Like, Hi-Fi has a stammer and that's that. It's just part of who he is. And it's, I actually think, I I know, off the top of my head, I can think of two people I know with speech impediments, with with stammers. Um, And and I think actually the depiction they've got of Hi-Fi here is very reminiscent of how I hear them talk when they get nervous. It's, it's, It's not a constant thing with him. It's when he's nervous or flustered, then yeah. he starts tripping over his words, and that's that's where it comes out. And it's it's not the comical kind of stammer where it goes on for a, a long period of time. It's just a tripping over his words. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not being funny. Everybody does that. They do, but some people really yeah. have a, yeah. But that's they, it. No. So yeah, I mean th- this is that's what was my point is that everybody. I said it then, not intentionally. Um, but people do trip over the words, and where you have people who have speech impediments. People sometimes think they're putting it on, or it's exaggerated yes. because, well, well, I, I mess up my words sometimes. I, I haven't got a stammer, but it's that. No, it's the difference between messing up a word as you're trying to say it and immediately be able to correct yourself, and not being able to get out of that that pattern of until you can compose yourself and stop and, and sort of collect yourself a little bit. Um, and one of the guys I went to uni with um, has again same thing when he's nervous, when he's flustered, put him on the spot, and he's not. No, so like we're all doing fucking Zoom calls and all sorts at the moment just because we you know we don't. We normally meet up a couple of times a year, and we haven't been able to do it this year. So um, we're, we're speaking every week or so, and there'll be 12, 15 of us on a call. And if he's if he's not really paying attention, he'll you know, get himself a drink, or he's he's on mute and he's talking to the other half, and you, you ask him a question he's not expecting, that throws him. And he will then struggle to start the sentence. And once he gets going, once he's into his flow, he's fine. Yeah. But it's just that, that initial point of getting started. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, and I think that's very well observed with Hi-Fi. And then, yeah. you know, also, like, with Lucy as well, again, she's got the story of, like, her limbs are not attached properly and stuff like that. And on a surface level, she yeah. she's very well observed, actually. On a surface level, she goes to pieces. Yes. Um, what she actually has is very severe anxiety. Yes. And it's very, very clear from her character as well that yeah. she's handled very well. Yeah, so, and, and the thing is, I mean, they, they kind of hand wave it, though, because she, she goes to pieces, but then the aftermath of that is generally very comic. So the episodes with uh, where you first meet Marmalade, um, he pounces out the tree and spooks her so badly that she goes to pieces. And then he is there batting her head around like a ball of yarn, because that's what cats do. Cats are dicks. That's quite um, a good gag. <laughs> it, it is, and but no, the whole the whole thing of no, she she literally went to pieces. Yeah, and there's no better way of doing that in it, no, in a kid's show, because you, know, you you can't really show that you know, people have anxiety and people panic and you know, people you know, sort of regress into themselves and you know, they they sort of, I mean, you no, know, I I see it quite regularly with people that they get you no know, thing life gets too much and they retreat to bed for three weeks, mm. and you know, and they just can't cope with you know, because everything is so overwhelming, everything's too, too much. much for them. Yeah, yeah, and. It's a really hard thing to observe as an adult. So to be able to put that into a way for kids where they say, well, yeah, well, that's the same thing. That's anxiety. That's somebody not being able to cope. They literally can't hold themselves together. Yeah. And it's a bit right. on the nose, but, but it's really a, well observed. Yeah, it, it's a child show. So on the nose is what it needs to be. And I think yeah. that that is what all of those other characters are lacking. And that's the bit that for me just instantly and i thought you know after watching the first episode maybe they just hadn't hit the groove yet um so it does take them a while i mean but, I, I, I think the last one i watched was about 60 or 70 stories but even in. so yeah i mean i didn't get that far in but all all the ones i watched even the, some of the later ones that I watched and they were all quite early but even the later early ones that i watched then i don't feel like those other characters particularly those characters that would not be of british descent then um, I, I don't feel like they ever explore that aspect of it. And that's a very important part of this group and of this makeup. If we're going to talk about, you know, how inclusive it is, like it is important that we address what sad sack is supposed to be. It is important that we address that Claude is French and not English. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing. All the others are English. They're not, mm. Yeah. you know, they're, they're either characteristically Southern or yeah. very characteristically Northern. Like well, yeah, because no... I, I mean, looking at the the notes on on Wiki um, for Lucy, um, she speaks with a Derbyshire accent. No, I didn't pick up on that at all. Oh, it's pretty broad. It's, yeah, it, it's 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 not it's not a specific accent at all. It's just a it's a generic not London accent. It's it is that kind of Derbyshire kind of. I I picked up on that definitely, but I, 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 there was an accent I didn't pick up it has been particularly. Um, but it particularly but it is area. that it's either it's either generic kind of north of the country or generic south of the country, yeah. um, I, and when I say south of the country, they're not Cockneys. They're all they're all very well spoken if they're yeah. not. And, and then even even Princess, you know, uses this kind of it's not RP, but she kind of enunciates H's would... where there aren't H's and things yes. like that. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's everything is spoken like that um yeah. when it you know when it's not it's very breathy sounding and very kind of haughty-taughty yeah. but that but, just sounds like the 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 actor has smoked about 40 fags before doing her voice yeah but then you know if if we're going to do this and we're going to be inclusive then where's the welsh character where's the irish character where's the scottish character they're all in lockdown <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> but but you know what i mean like even yeah before we even start going further afield and start bringing in sort of French characters and Caribbean characters, if that's what Sad Sack's supposed to be, because they've left him in this kind of oddly generic mess. Yeah. Um, then 
let's let's represent all of the British Isles and then include and that makes those more inclusive as well because actually not so much where we're from but certainly you know in in parts of the country you know especially Caribbean people were a huge part yeah. of the genetic makeup around this time as well a lot of children would have been of Caribbean descent um so why not like why are they not in there like yeah people should be able to see themselves if the idea is that all of the less advantaged kids can see themselves then we need to apply that to racial backgrounds as well not just physical and mental disabilities and i feel like they missed an opportunity and even you could argue that they should start applying that to gender backgrounds as well um they certainly yeah but again this was the 80s gender didn't exist in the 80s no, uh, and if it did, I feel like it would have been handled very poorly if they did yeah. start doing that. I mean, let's be fair, we're you now 40 years removed from the beginning of the 80s. It's still fucking handled poorly in most cases. Uh, almost all cases, I would yeah. argue. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, no, let's not expect miracles from the 80s. No. Uh, but Apart but, from us, obviously. But, but you see what I'm saying? I, I, it almost, I feel like it loses some... I, and we should celebrate this message. I think that the message is, is good and it, it is trying to be as, as inclusive as it can be. But I feel like it loses some of that impact because it does almost feel like there were two old white men sat in a room that went, do you know what? Let's do one for them. Let's make it about the little people rather than actually somebody observing these people and saying, well, yeah. look at look how they're all segregated on the playground. Look how the fat kid's over there and is only in a Mars bar and Look how the French kid is over there chewing his onions and, you know, <laughs> whatever he's doing. Yeah. And and making and making those observations. I've just single-handedly undone everything that I was trying to say. But <laughs> no, I, I, know you, I know what you're trying to say. And I think, I think you're right. You all know my tongue is firmly in my cheek. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think that I, I, I like the message. I, I really do think that for the time as well, so the, fact, the fact that something was being done and something was being commented on is a huge step forward. Because the 80s, not so much. Um, but at the same time, I, I do agree that it does kind of fall short. There are, if you're going to do that, then you need to be capturing, I say, everybody that's going to be engaging with this. And you know, and you know, we were up, you know, politically at a point of massive disenfranchisement, uh, where you know, lots of people didn't trust the governments. They they didn't feel represented. They you know, they did feel singled out and alienated because of race, because of class, um, and so bringing some of these people together is a really good start but as you said no where no where, where's the token miner where, where's the you know where's the token uh the yep. token potato eater you know, all, all these things they could have done um that they haven't bothered doing and it's or maybe they haven't not bothered but they've gone we can't get any more in so right now we'll just focus on the ones we've got um and i mean i think as well i mean as so you said about um uh kids of, of caribbean descent um certainly in cardiff and uh, bottom end of Newport, there was a very um, high influx of African um, immigration, yes. um, especially in the sort of the dock areas. Um, so no, they're not really represented either. But no, they I, they would be looking at sort of second, even third generation by then. For well, I don't know what it was like for you, but for me, it would as I say, it would have been Italian and Chinese. That's that would those were the other cultures that we saw because it, you tend you tend to have these pockets. Yeah, we we, we just had locals and people from the other side of Lucker Bridge. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't let anybody else in. You didn't let anybody in. No, <laughs> um, but you know, even even today, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying this is to be celebrated. I, you know, some time ago, I moved back to to the town where I grew up, and and even today, if I look out my window, I see predominantly white faces. Yeah, you know, that that's just where I am. But then that does mean that when you do get those people of different racial backgrounds and different ethnicities, that they are more clustered. Unfortunately, because yeah. as a society, we still 
don't necessarily mingle. Um, and I feel like that's what this show is trying to promote. And it just, I know it's for kids, but just if you're going to do it, if you're going to be a force for good, then do it. Like, go for it. Hang your balls out. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. All right. Maybe you wouldn't have got 100 episodes and the book deals and the merchandise. And maybe you wouldn't have. But if your intent was pure. Yeah. Then do it. Go and for I, it. I think, as I, I think, as I said before, it, it falls short rather than anything else. Um, I think it doesn't go far enough. Um, and that and that's a problem. I mean, come back to your point about sort of um, as a society, we don't integrate. We don't, and that's something. That, I mean, certainly in this country, it's no, we're, we're known for mm. that. You will have pockets. And I remember when we were filming Double Top, um, I was taking um, Jen back to where she was staying, and we drove drove up uh, Cathedral Road, and you cross that bit where you cross from Cathedral Road down into um, the Clare Road, yeah, and where you have a very definite shift from all the really expensive three story houses to the 17 flats in a terrace house yeah where you know where a lot of the um the, the african immigrants and so the you know the sort of second third generation african families live and she she and she was sort of asking what the difference was because you know, they were they were very they were very different physical buildings and, and they were in very you know, very different states of repair and as well yeah that's that's the that's the the bit where they charge a lot of money for the same properties over there yeah. and that's where you will have as I say, you, know, you will have multiple generations of an immigrant family in one small house and her point was very valid is that it doesn't know you have that all over the world but for whatever reason in in britain and this would have been what 2010 2011 we're, no, we were still going right well that's the somali area that's the that's the yeah. ugandan area that's the chinese area that's the white area and yeah. you no, know, there's no reason for that Not at, at all, all. It's meant. And, and let's be fair. If if I could buy, uh, if I could buy a house for as cheap as I as as I could get one in in one area, as the same house for for half the money that's elsewhere, I'm, I know where I'm going. That's why I moved back to my hometown. Um, but yeah, you, you're absolutely right. Like during the 10, 15 years I lived away from here, and I had neighbours of various different ethnicities, it would shock people when they came down from home to visit. And they're like, mm. oh, so your neighbour's Turkish? Yeah. Yeah. That's. You know, he's, he's allowed to be. That's, that's yeah. a normal thing. It's okay. You know, <laughs> but it just wasn't like if, if you're Turkish or you're a barber. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's what it is. But it, it let's just, be it fair. There was only cute. one of your international neighbors was a cunt, and that was John Barrowman. Uh, yeah, absolute cunt. But that's um, not because of anything other than the fact he was John Barrowman. And he was a noisy prick that kept waking me up at 2 a.m. because uh, he can't handle his alcohol. There you go. Um, I'm not going to say any more because that could land me in some trouble. Um, moving on swiftly where were we i can't remember <laughs> inclusion <laughs> inclusion um so yeah and, and i feel like actually you know we, we were saying about you don't integrate and things like that i think what this actually does because of the way it portrays these characters and be, because they don't allow them to use these disabilities as a story point and to overcome them yeah well, disadvantages is probably a better term yeah. than disabilities um what that does is in a weird sort of way actually provide ammunition for the popular groups to go oh look he's fat he's like sad sack yeah no comeback because sad sack hasn't done anything with the fact that he's fat he just yeah. is yeah he's not used it for anything no so unless unless you're already comfortable enough in your own skin which let's be honest you're not as a kid um yeah. certainly not oh, as I, mean, a... I, th I think at the age this is kind of pitch i mean if this is pitch i think this is pitch of like three four five year olds I think at that point you don't really give a fuck because you know you'll have your friends and and that'll be a thing. And if you've got the ones that don't like you, then fuck them. Uh, so it's as you get older. I mean, by the time you get to seven, eight, nine, and then you, know, you kind of jump 
into your early teens, that at that point, that that shit really fucking stinks. Yeah. And like, at that at that point, I was I was the the tall kid with glasses, so I, I was doubly fucking freakish. Um, and that shit does fucking stink. Yeah, I, I mean, was still I, just I'm, a fat kid. So <laughs> yeah, so am I. But you no, know, I'm, I'm nearly forty now. I could give two fucks about what people think about me. If yeah. if, if the only if the only negative thing they can come up with is that I'm half blind. So fucking what? You know. Well, that means you're half sighted. So yeah, you know. But I'm a bigger cunt than that anyway. So if, if that's the only thing they pick up on, then I'm doing something all right. Uh, you said that, not me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> As I pointed out to somebody today who called me a dickhead, if that's the worst thing I called in a day, I'm doing all right. Who called? I mean, that's that's not even an insult, is it? No. Dickhead is like you've you've just done something a bit stupid. Yeah, like, that's like you stepped out in front of a car or something. No, and yeah, you, you dickhead back off the road. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's not. You're right. It's not even a fucking insult. It was one of the girls in work, and I was just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's not. It's not an insult. I like. I, I feel like dickhead is one of those things you call people that like almost. You're just a bit disappointed in them, aren't you? Yeah. What a dickhead. Yeah, you've been. Like, so, you've been a bit stupid. Yeah, yeah. You could do better. You know. Um, we've gone way fucking off topic again. For like, how did we get onto insults? Um, I don't. Oh, but about name calling and so being comfortable in your yeah, own skin, right. Know? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think actually. That's my prevailing thing from this. And, and we haven't even actually talked about the show itself too much yet. There's a, there's a lot to talk about with that as well. We covered the cliff notes, but there's a lot to talk about with that as well. But my prevailing thing that I've taken away from this is that it's it's almost, but not quite. It, yeah, quite, it's, it's, it's a halfway house, isn't it? And I, and I think I would allow it that had we not already had things like Disney's adaptations of Winnie the Pooh, for instance, hmm. where, you know, you, you do if you want it. There is all sorts of mental illness in Winnie the Pooh if you want to go looking for it. Um, and it, it's not, again, it's not consciously addressed. It's never spoken out loud and they're not rejects in any way, shape or form, but they all have very definite problems with their various psyches that they have to battle with on a daily basis. Yeah. Tigger, even... for instance, is ADAD, ADHD personified. Winnie oh yeah, he's, is... he's the fucking, no, the poster child for Riddle in that kid. Yeah, I mean, Eeyore is, is obviously depression. You know yeah. when it, it who is gluttony, but yeah, it's it's all there. It's it's all there if you go look. Yeah, and 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 to, to a bigger and also smaller extent because not bigger because it was a, a done as a feature, but smaller because of obviously less of it. Look at Alice, Alice in Wonderland again. You look at the Disney adaptation yeah. of that, and that's yep. all about it's all about perception. It's all about self image and ego, yep. and oh, it's done in such it's it's done in such a way that people do embrace those you know, those quirks and those um, those idiosyncrasies. To a point where they you no, know, they are comfortable. They they you no, know, it doesn't matter that Tweedledum and Tweedledee are fucking huge. No, it, you know, it's just who they are, and yeah. it doesn't matter that the Hatter is mad or that the Rabbit is really fucking neurotic and anxious and stressed. These you no, know, these things don't matter because that's just who they are. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, so again, and again, so you you I mean you're right. I, th- I think this the me- what it, this what this tries to do is good, but it it's a half measure. And yes. I mean, I've I've I came into this as I. I remember various bits about this. I remember certain episodes. Like I remember there's one there at a circus. I remember there's one they get locked out at Christmas and end up at a, a, a hospital for sick kids, which is kind of fucking dark as well. They could give them to the sick kids at Christmas. Oh Jesus! Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, where's that one? That was the first in the first season. I don't, I don't want to watch that. I That's, don't know. On one snowy Christmas Eve, the Raggy Dolls decided to go tobogganing in the snow, but poor Sad Sack, meanwhile, wished he'd stayed back in bed. As they end up, uh, and they end up crashing into the doors of a children's hospital where they become temporary Christmas presents to sick children. Oh, no, no. That's got fucking tears written all over it. Yeah, no. You, look, you know like, what? Even at the age of almost fucking 40. 
I cry at just about everything. Like I this can't. Is true. You're worse than I, me. I can't watch that. No way. No, like I, I, I'll be I putting an insurance claim in if I watch that. Like, <laughs> yeah, that like, that one doesn't. I don't want to see that one. Um, but yeah, so I mean, no, there's there are no there are bits there are things like that I remember. No, so there, there's one where they're in a circus. There's one where, um, so they 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 they. I think they fought, they run afoul of a homing pigeon because it's lost and it's angry and they help it find you know, find its way home and shit like that. There's, there's bits I remember of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, what I, came, what I came into this recording with is that it's, as, as, no, as well as being something I remember, remember fondly and having a good theme to, it's a nice show. I say it's, a, it's fucking dull. There's not a lot that happens in it. In certainly, no, there's dish some water. episodes better than others. And uh, the, let's say the, the, um, the first episode with Marmalade had no, it has a bit of a moral to it you know, about judging a book about, about its cover and stuff like that. So, they there are some stories where they try a bit harder than others, but generally, I mean, a couple I've seen the, the first one is kind of atypical, whereby they're trying to wank off a, a, a toy plane effectively, you know, and it's kind of like that. It's you know, it's it's just an excuse to have these people bond over an activity which is fucking banal and normal and stuff the kids would have. No, I mean, if you, I never had one because I couldn't be fucking trusted not to fly out a pylon. But I never had a remote, uh, a remote control airplane. Neither did I. Like you um, had to be fucking rich to have shit well, like that. Yeah. Like, but you know, kids did have them, and invariably they fucking smashed them into the floor. I mean, I had a kite. That was never that was about. I never had a kite. I had a kite. That's about as far as I went. Like fucking radio control airplane. No, no chance. No. Like um, I, I did have. A, I, I had a car, but not an yeah. airplane. Like fucking hell, no! I I remember when I was about eight, they brought out remote control hovercrafts that could go. I remember those. I remember those. They were awesome. I I really I wanted one of those for fucking ages, and I never had one because they were so expensive. Um, And it was one of those I always wanted for Christmas or birthday, and they just never came because they were about they were under twenty quid, which now is a lot of money. So at the time, fucking hell, no! This would no, this would have been early nineties. Yeah, I that was a lot of fucking money. I never had one of those either, but I remember them. They were fucking awesome. Yeah, because um, you could you could go on, on water and land like a yeah, yeah, it was fucking amazing. Was I had amazing. A, I had a radio control monster truck, and that was pretty fucking awesome. But it was yeah, just I had, like I had, I had a, a night rider. Like, I had a kit, cool. yeah. but it wired, so you could only go so far. Right, I got yeah, yeah, like, uh, like a remote control thing. I had a few of them as well, but I did have an actual radio control car. It was a monster truck, and it played sounds. So I thought it was like the most awesome thing ever. Um, it was actually like. It's like looking back now, I know for a fact it was like some cheapy knockoff kind of thing from fucking but what, Tandy's, but I I didn't give is. a shit. No, everybody else was playing with their fucking hovercrafts and stuff, and I had this cheapy knockoff with a bit, and it had a giant plastic key in it. I still remember you had to turn this giant plastic key, and I did get the piss taken out of me for that, but I didn't care. Though it was fucking amazing because it was a monster truck. And at the end of the day, when they were fucking puny little RC cars, all their fucking Formula One shit and that was getting stuck, I was just fucking driving over the top of them. So fuck them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. When, when you're a kid, you don't care. And like we we find that now with with ours that yes, okay, like we're no, we're an age now where number one started to notice stuff, and she wants particular things. Um, but generally, you can give them like no, you should say, oh, I, I want to, for example, I, I want a My Little Pony. She won't know the difference between My Little Pony and a fucking no, your little hobby horse. She wouldn't. I wouldn't have a fucking clue. You know, as long as they look the same and do the same thing, she doesn't care. She can play with them in the same way. I love you had to stretch for that, and I, love I did. It. <laughs> I, I, I did. Um, but it's that sort of thing. And like, same, same with number two. Like you, know, you, you say you, he wants a transformer, but you get a knockoff transformer that you no, know, it, it turns into yeah, a robot. robot. Sort of. Yeah, it doesn't fuck it. No, it doesn't matter because it does what he wants it to do. Yeah. And I think there's there's something almost magical about that sort of level of child childlike innocence to a point where you can get away with giving him absolute shit. 
there is there is something genuinely it's... magical and i still get excited i like there's a whole internet site devoted to this and i can go down a rabbit hole and lose an hour or two on it there's something magical about those kids knockoff toys yeah that are just and, and my favorite ones are those and not actually the ones that are like you know teenage mutant ninja tortoises or whatever <laughs> like those are those are all good all right domatello and stuff like that those are all good and those are all funny but my favorite ones is and you probably can't get them these days now is when you used to get like really shitty like plastic toy guns yeah that, that would look really really bad and they would just like they'd be in a blister pack on this giant oversized card and sometimes it was guns sometimes it was bows and arrows yeah uh, sometimes swords. it was swords but it would be like if it was a sword it would have some really dodgy he-man art on the back and it yeah. would be called like him man or you yeah. get like robot cop and things like that with the gu- and those are fucking amazing yeah. still the best and they cost like even i can even remember back then them being cheap as fuck because oh yeah you knew, they were, they were, they were you three, three it was cheap. yeah because you, you'd be out with your parents you'd be like oh can i have robot cop and they'd be like yeah whatever there'd be yeah. no question there'd be no like wait for your birthday no like have you got any pocket money he was just, oh fucking whatever it's 99 pence give him yeah. robot cop it'll shut him up for two seconds till he breaks the gun yeah like, <laughs> but those are fucking amazing um <laughs> Anyway, way off topic again. Somehow we got there from uh, we went from raggy dolls to RCs to because well, in, in the first one they they the um there's the remote control plane that crashed. Plane, yeah. But no, it's, it's that sort of thing that you know, because and the way that, you know, the 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 sort of the activity they built around it, where they they found this plane and it was broken, so they took it back and they masturbated it. I mean, they fixed it. Um, and but no, it was an activity they all did together. It was a group activity where um, oh, sad sack was putting the nose comb back on. Um, Hi-Fi was you know, fixing the ignition, or, or, and, you know, and they were you know, everybody had a job to do, and so you know they all pulled together and they all worked together and all worked out well in the end. Um, apart from right at the end of the episode when when they left back, put it back in the field where they found it, and the little boy came back and it looked as good as new, except it was covered in fucking tape. I thought no, all the um, the struts between the wings were all no, you could see they were still they were tied together and shit like that. But it because now it's a new. it's a raggy doll plane now. Well, yeah, that's, that's it. The it's thing. a misfit now, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, it's a misfit anymore. just like them. It's like the ragmobile or whatever it's going to be now. Um... <laughs> Grow up. Grow... <laughs> Come on, really? It's been, I've been up since two o'clock. It's been a long fucking day. Jesus Christ, we're getting worse at this going off-topic shit as well. By the way, I was I was just going to say before we brought it back around there, we are getting worse week by week. Oh, definitely. Uh, I, I think I think all of our mental health has taken a battering in 2020, and this is just yeah. our outlet for it. I think so. Yeah. I do apologise, listeners, but it is getting. I don't. I don't keep listening. Uh, so, so you see what outrageous shit we'll say next. Yeah. Um, so okay. So I, I think we've boxed off the fact that we're slightly disappointed. With, like it's well-meaning, but we're slightly disappointed. I think we've boxed off. Yeah, I think we've covered that. Okay, we've covered the theme tune. Um, I, we do need to talk about this fucking animation though, because it it is a like there is a style. Okay, and there is a style that existed in this kind of early to mid eighties, specifically yeah. in British cartoons. Um, excuse me. It had like a storybook kind of yeah. aesthetic to it. Um, and it would be quite limited animation. You know, you can even see um, going back slightly early, even you look back at things like Mr. Ben and stuff like yeah. that, where it would be a very specific kind of almost pin doll movement. Um, and this just takes that to the absolute nth degree. The fucking frames are practically still yeah. like mouths move once 
every like couple of seconds if you're yeah. lucky and they don't form any particular kind of shapes it's no it's like it, fucking watching terence and philip yeah it's, it's, it's just the mouth has to move at some point to make it look like they're speaking yeah and there's you know same thing with blinking it just seems to happen randomly um yeah. there's there's no thought given to physics or movement or, or no. any of that which which sounds again sounds like a lot for a for a preschool or just slightly after preschool TV show, but these are the fundamental basics, as you said in the show before, of of animation. It's about how well you can observe that stuff. It's not about yeah. what the drawing looks like. Yeah. It's about how it moves. And these... Yeah, because it's not going to move. Just do it as a fucking storybook. Just exactly. do it as Jack and Ori. Exactly. Just have, exactly. have, tell, have somebody narrating a story, and you put... I mean, I don't know. I mean, you probably haven't seen them because you don't have kids. Um, but the, the bedtime stories on CBBC... On CBeebies. Um, no, oh, I haven't seen them. T- 10 to 7 every day, they get some celebrity reading a kid's book. And literally, all, all, they're, they're narrating it. Because, you know, they've, they've learned it like vines. It's not a big thing for them to learn most of the time. And the the images from the text have been scanned in. A lot of the time, they've got them from the publishers, so they haven't got the fold in the middle of the page. But they literally, they start on, on the left-hand side of the page, and they'll slowly pan across to the right and the animation on the right-hand page. And then the, the, the next one will fade in, and then you might go back to the narrator while they change, you know, while, while it changes. But in reality, they do that, because they so then they haven't got to animate it. And yeah. that's fine. That's a style all of its own. And you've always had that. And you've had stuff like Jack Nori and, um, again, what was it, Cracker Jack? Crackerjack, yeah. yeah. Puddle Puddle Lane was sort of like that yeah, as well. Wasn't yeah, Puddle it? Lane was sort of that as well. And so, you know, that that and Puddle Lane would have been probably a bit later than this, wouldn't it? Similar, but I think a little bit later, maybe eighty seven ish. It was the same dude, wasn't it? I don't know, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure Puddle Lane was the same dude. I wouldn't swear I fucking loved Puddle Lane. Yeah, uh, I remember Puddle Lane quite yeah, quite a lot as well. You can fuck off pop up thing. I'm yeah. almost sure it was the same dude. I don't, I like, he did a lot of work with Monty Python, and all that. I would like I wouldn't bet my mortgage on it or anything, but I'm fairly sure. Um, talk amongst yourselves, listeners, while Mark does yeah, our research I'm, I... live on it. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't quite find it, so I'm not. Um, I, I won't waste too much time looking at it. But um, yeah, I mean, it, very similar start, similar style, and that would that would have worked perfectly well for this one. You didn't need to see the can the characters not move. No, you know? um, and I think that that does have an effect on it. I mean. The again, the very first episode, um, Sad Sack's having a depressive episode, and so to cheer him up, they decide to, pl- to play some sort of outdoor game, which he clearly wants to do about as much as he wants to stick his cock in a cheese grater. Uh, if he's got a cock, I don't know. Um, but I you know he clearly has no fucking interest, but they decide to go and play cricket. So then Dottie's bowling, the run up again, she's just fucking gliding along, the background's moving behind her. Then you don't see her bowl. You you cut to a head-on shot of Sad Sack, so you haven't got to see any sort of movement with the arms. And then this cloud of dust appears, so you haven't got to see the ball move. Yeah, uh, and it, look, if you're going to do it, if you're going to do it, do it. If you're not going to do it, then don't pretend you're going to bother. And that seems to be the motto for this show. If you're going to do it, fucking do it. Um, incidentally, um, how did you pronounce his name? Eins? Did you say? I think his name so, yeah. was Neil Eins. I, 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 uh, he was the magician in Puddle Lane. He was all right. Okay. I knew what it was. It's the voice that I recognise more than anything, really. Um, so, so yeah. If if you're gonna do it, do it. and you know we said that about the theme tune, like it didn't have any kind of musical real hook, no instrumental hook. So you're relying on the vocals. We've now said it that you know it's its main theme. Whilst it should be celebrated, is not quite explored as well as it could be. The animation now is not. It's just not there, is it? Like, what does this need to be a TV show? 
Because no, they were, this, this they could were have fucking loads. But they were loads of books. I remember having Raggy Dolls books. I also, I mean, he, I, don't I don't just mean like coloring books and stuff like that, which they like also books, were. Yeah. They were definitely Raggy Doll story books. I, 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 I don't doubt it. I can't remember them, but I don't doubt it. Um, and books on tape, for that matter. Actually, um, a series of at least ten books were published in 1990 by Box Tree Limited and Associated with Yorkshire Television and yeah. uh, ABC Enterprises, which is Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Uh, written or adapted by Neil Innes and illustrated by Steve Smallman. <laughs> that's Chris not, Mormon. That's um, not a real name. I'd imagine it's Mormon. No. Yeah, that was no, like, Sp- like Spider-Man. Yeah, like yeah, John Q. Spider-Man. <laughs> so, like they they could have just been the books, or if you're yeah, gonna if you were gonna put them on TV, you could have a still from the book, as you say, and then animate that way, much like the Jack and Ori style that you were saying. So, it's very, very, very strange. Um, in fact, there's there's more animation in the fucking closing sequence in the yeah. end sequence than there is throughout the whole both, show. Both both sets of credits actually. I think I I mm. wonder whether that was because they were done first or a different animation studio even maybe. Well, I'm not actually, sure. Actually, they were. Um, they they did change. I read that earlier. Um, the first. Um, so Yorkshire Television produced the first two series before awarding a commission to Orchid Productions in 1987. Um, and the initial animator uh, for Yorkshire TV didn't stay on. So maybe that was it. So maybe there was a change there as well. So Possibly. So, yeah. So that, that animation is, is awful. <laughs> some, yeah. some of the worst we've seen on anything on this show, I think. Um, I think I, it, there are some saving graces to this particular style, though, is that you don't get so many drop frames and, and repeated cells well, and stuff like that. So the, that, there, that is an advantage in some sense because... This is the thing, yeah. You don't, you don't see things going missing. You don't see things dropping out, which we have in some quite high-profile stuff we looked at as well. I mean, look at some of the early Batman animated. As an example, there were lots of um, you know, dropped animation, uh, dropped cells and things like that there. So, I mean, there, you know, there is something to be said for minimal animation because it's harder to fuck up. I mean, yeah, and it and it is a stylistic choice as well. Now that stylistic choice may have been budgetary as well, but the, you yeah. know, it is like I said, it is a style that existed around this time. You don't yeah. really see it now, but it was certainly a style that existed. We kind of we seem to almost switch from kind of stop motion round about the mid seventies, yeah, um, and and puppetry up to this kind of stop motion like animation, really. Yeah. Um, and that so... seems to be coming back around as well. I mean, you look at some of the stuff that's on CBBS now. I mean, I talked about um, Sarah and Duck a couple of weeks ago um, on something. Still, we were talking I still about. need to watch Sarah and Duck. Um, yeah. But again, the animation in that is very minimal as well. Um, the, the movement is very controlled. There's not masses of, of movement in it. There's not lots of no, the, the mouth barely moving. Shit like that. So it's not, it, no, we are, we just be coming back around to this some minimalist style. It, it looks a lot more stylized. You know, the, the set, you know, the, the set design for one of a better phrase, that all looks a lot more intense. Um, but you know, the, um, you know, the character animation is done again, because it can, it can be done quickly and cheaply. That's yeah. kind of how they've decided to do it. And it's not the only one. There's lots of stuff sitting on C, on CBBS. I don't know on other kids channels. Cause I don't watch other kids. I don't watch CBBS much anymore either. Cause um, I was too old, and they've now discovered Netflix and shit like that. Um, but there, no, there does seem to be a sort of re-emerging re- re- tre- uh, trend of that in the last probably ten years. Yeah, so you know, it's it's not great, but it's as much stylistic as it is anything. I think it's a it's a poor example of this style of animation, but there is something stylistic about it as well. It's not just that it fucking sucks ass. It's like this is what they're going for. Yeah. Um. So I mean the um. 
one of uh, the guy who developed it, John Walker, actually worked on a lot of the um, the Charlie Brown stuff in the sixties. Well, there you go. So um, Charlie Brown Christmas, Charlie Brown's All Stars, and You're in Love, Charlie Brown. There you go. So it's not like he has no, the got guy's chops. Got, he's got some chops. Yeah, it's just uh, say I, I don't know it, what it is. It could have um, been budgetary. It could have been what Yorkshire Television were looking for. Yeah, because yeah, they might have said no. There's there's a million things like that. Oh, no, we've we we've got the really polished, the really no that really um that really catchiest no that there's a distinctive distinctive aesthetic from Hanna Barbera and Disney and Looney Tunes and no we've got all those. What we want is something that we can put our own stamp on. And yes. maybe maybe this is what they were going for. And again, looking at um, Paddle Lane, now maybe this is what they kind of went. This is what we're going for. Yeah, and then the added bonus of it being cheap. Yeah, so you know I'm. <laughs> I'm giving it a pass on that. I think it's not great, but I'm giving it a pass on it. The the narration though is yeah, the performance is fucking bored. Fucking, he just sounds bored out of his. Tits, he does, and he? I think that's the problem is that he sounds bored. The character voices aren't different enough. I mean, obviously, you know, you've they're got ba- they're barely different at all. He, he puts mean, a high pitched well, sort of that... voice on for the girls. Well, not all of the girls, only for Lucy, really. Dotty is quite Dotty is quite angry, so yes. it's a little bit louder and a little bit faster. Princess is very prim and proper and has got the as you said the extra H's. Sad Sack is depressed and Claude is French. Everybody else sounds the fucking same. Because and I, I get it. I know if I'm reading a story to the kids, I don't always do voices. And if I do, they all sound the fucking same. Yeah. But I'm not an actor getting paid to do fucking kids TV. Oh, this is the thing, isn't it? Yeah, like... um, but so I, I can kind of see that you, know, you have one narrator and that you know, that one narrator will read what that character is saying. So if I if I were reading a, a bedtime story and it was being recorded and done that way. I would, I would perhaps expect that, but there may be some inflection on, on words. There may be some form of something just to make them stand out a little bit. This guy, he's just like, and today I bought six Bensons and I smoked them all. You smoked them all? Why did you smoke them all? Because I was fucking bored. And it's just like, oh, okay, there will be slightly better scripts than that probably, but uh, I say probably. Um, Marginally. <laughs> but again, same guy wrote them as, as delivered them. Um, but yeah, there's... no. There's very little to distinguish those characters. If they're not on screen, it's very difficult to tell who's talking. And the the very last shot of the first episode, so after they've fixed the plane and sent it back, um, Dottie and Sadsack go back to arguing about the game of cricket as to whether he was out or not, which, by the way, he fucking wasn't because the ball was miles away from the wicket, and she's a shit bowler. Um, just throwing that out there. I'm entirely on his side for that because, A, he didn't touch it, B, she didn't the stumps, and C, she was a fucking mile off target. He probably got six runs just for, just for how wide she threw it. But anyway, so they're having this argument. I didn't understand any of that either, listeners. You're not on your own. <laughs> so in a game of cricket, you stand in a field for fucking hours and do nothing, basically. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're arguing, and you get the two of them in profile, and they're very close together. Sorry, it's the microphone. And their mouths are not moving, and it's hard to tell which one is fucking talking. Yeah. But oh, I yeah, did, I've had that in a few times. Did not. I got, yes, I did. No, you didn't. I was like, so which fucking one are you? Yeah. I had that a few times in the episodes. They they all sound they all sound very similar. They all sound completely disinterested. And like you say, I think I think the cardinal sin with it for me is even if you were just reading the story, like a Jack and Ori or something like that, um, or like you know the stories you used to get in the middle of Rainbow or something like that. Even if you're just or Button Moon, yeah. even if you're just reading a story, you will naturally just emote. You know, or yeah. at least you should if you're interested your voice will go up and down there'll be peaks and valleys and especially when you're reading to children because they're very short attention spans yeah and you need to keep them interested fucking hell i don't have children and i know that okay so the fact that he just drones on in this monotone voice for the entire episode and he never goes up or down 
just pauses occasionally is awful. What it strikes me as, um, and we've talked about Little Britain before and, and sort of cash race comedy, but do you remember the um, the Dennis Waterman sketch, you know, write the theme tune, sing the theme tune, act in the show? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's this fucking that's, guy. That's, that's this guy, it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's literally, it's like, oh, we'll, we'll get him through the theme tune. Oh, but I'm an actor. So you're saying you won't, you won't do the song unless we give you the game. Yeah. All right, then. It kind of feels like that. You should go, how much can I get? How many jobs can I get in this? How many times do I get paid? Yeah. And it's like, by the time he gets to doing the actual episode, he's like, well, I did the song. The song was good. And I wrote some episodes. And now I, I'm, I want to do something else now. I want to go back to my band. But yeah. you're holding me to a contract. So I'm just going to talk like this for 112 episodes. Yeah, it's it's poor. The narration is poor. There's no other no other word for it. Yeah, and I mean, again, I mean, it, it, there's no there's not any information on the page I'm looking. at. I'm not going to go searching for it. But there's nothing about budgets or anything like that. But you get the impression it's very low budget, and it probably wouldn't have killed them to go and get an actual actor to do the narration. And I think part of this, though, maybe is that as you say, he wrote the theme tune, sung the theme tune. Like this is clearly his baby, and you but know, he didn't create it and he didn't develop it, so. But he's he's involved with it very heavily, isn't he? Well, yeah, he, he, he is basically the talent. Yeah, for so, one of a better word. You know, these days we'd say he was an executive producer or something, wouldn't we? But yeah. you know, if if he's having that level of involvement, and when you do have that level of involvement with a project, sometimes it's hard. But you do just have to step back and go, maybe I'm not the best person to do this. Well, yeah, that's it. And you, you know, if you love it, you'll set it free. Um, but obviously, he wouldn't do that. So. Well, yeah, I mean, so he 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 didn't create it, he didn't develop it, but he wrote the, he wrote the episodes. He vo- he he's listed as the voices of, narrated by, and theme music composer. So I mean, no, this 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 guy's getting paid a lot for this show compared yeah. to others, you know, compared to anybody else involved in it. Well, I mean, jobs. It, you you yeah, but you've just hit on something there, haven't you? Is there an equity reason for that? Is he, Maybe. you know, rather than paying umpteen different performers, are you paying him a performer's salary? Because this yeah. is the 80s as well, mind you. Yeah, true. This is the 80s, all right? So if you if you contract him well enough, are you paying him once for all of that? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point, actually. You know, so maybe there's I mean, that to it as well. I don't know. Eight, eight and a half years. That's, oh, you, you would hope he'd have some enough savvy about him to get, to get some sort of fucking raise out of it. Or get something I mean, extra out of it, but... Thing, thing is, though, it was it was successful, wasn't it? For all we're saying this now, you well, know, yeah, that's, that's true. He, I mean, he sounds it, boring, and, and what, it, it was it successful. Aired. We lo- we loved it. Every, yeah. I, I remember everybody else my age loving it. Like it was definitely a, a thing, you know. So whatever he did, it worked. Yeah, that's that's it. Maybe that no, that sort of droney, no, that's sort of no, relatively low drone uh, droning voice appeals to kids. Maybe it's some it's in their register in a way that no, it appeals in a way it doesn't to us. Maybe. Maybe maybe it's, maybe it's all the subliminal messages saying we'll buy you ice cream. Uh, or maybe it's meant to send them to sleep. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, just out of curiosity, did your kids watch this at all? No. With you? No. Okay. Because I, I would be interested to get a child. I mean, maybe yours is slightly. Yeah, they, they are slightly too old for it, really. Well, I, I, I say that. I mean, number, they, they're both physically too old for it. No. Number two probably wouldn't bat an eyelid about watching it. He does tend to gravitate towards younger stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I think maybe they are. Because as I say, but bearing in mind when this came out, I would have been sort of, what did we say, 86? Late 86, so you'd have been five. I'd have been five. So I was probably watching this between the ages of sort of five and ten, if I'm honest. Yeah. It was always on, so. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give it a try, see what they uh, see what they think. I'd just be interested, because I, I don't know whether there's maybe something about these characters that is endearing to children, 
and something maybe. That maybe and just the nonsense of the stories um like whether whether children actually need that tightly scripted like we do because we're adults and i would kind of expect <laughs> yeah, this is, all, this is also what we do stuff, but, you know yeah but and then, there will be know, there will be adults who won't look at it in the level of detail we do yeah like for kids is, is it enough that they're having a picnic and that's the story yeah i, I don't know you know i i think i think maybe i'm slightly spoiled with that in that even as a kid you know we <laughs> I tended to gravitate, as we've talked about in the show, I, I tended to gravitate more towards the kind of Nicktoons end of the spectrum and stuff like that, where things were very densely plotted and gags were set up and and deployed with, with skill. Whereas this is very much just like, and today they're going to find an aeroplane and today yeah. they're going to have jam sandwiches and today they're going to play cricket. And, and yeah. it is that for 10 fucking minutes. It is. I mean, listen, the, the one I mentioned earlier on, um, it's called Teddy Bear's Picnic and that's the time they're going to have a picnic but they can't get into the, the factory kitchen to steal some sandwiches or to make sandwiches because um, everybody's in there because Mr. Grimes' mother is visiting. And the reason she's visiting is she has a surprise. She found his childhood teddy bear, which he lost on a train coming back from being fucking evacuated during the war. Oh, so there's, there's, there's a fucking there's a entire backstory. fucking lot there, isn't there's there? There's a backstory for the bear that's not there for the fucking main characters. Yeah. But this bear is in it then for quite a few episodes after that. Um, so, I mean, in that you get the fact that, you no, know, there's this bear that, you know, was, that Mr. Grimes lost when he was coming back from being, you know, coming back to, uh, back to his parents after the war. And he, he was so excited to see his mother, he left it on a train and then a, a, a train guard picked it up and gave it to, gave it to an orphanage. And it was, you no, know, it lived at the orphanage with the, with the orphans for however many years. So they did that. And then, you know, so they, they befriended the bear. They fixed the bear cause his arm was damaged. It was, he was hanging off and he was missing an eye. So they did all of that, and then they they learned about so they they learned about looking after people after other toys, and they learned about compassion and things like that. Then in the next one, which was the second half of that episode, the bear introduced them to Mister Marmalade. So then well, we had that intro as well. So the story did pick up as it went along, and I'm, I'm thinking that maybe that was a confidence thing, maybe it was a comfort thing, whereby you know, as as he was writing them and as he was advancing, he was thinking, actually, I can get you know, I can get more into these stories than just they go. You know, one of them doesn't want to go out and play, the others do, so they end up going out to play and they find an aeroplane and go for a magic flight. Because, no, again, it sounds like there's a bit of an adventure there, but in reality, they spend more time fixing the fucking thing than they do flying it. Yeah. I mean, maybe part of it as well with that, with those stories getting more advanced, is maybe that the audience was growing with the show. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, maybe, you know, maybe it's, it's that principle whereby you, you take your audience on the journey with you. So if they're three when it starts, yeah, and you're going to know, by the time you get to your third or fourth season... They're now six or seven. So yeah. do you need to start? I do. You, do you rely on new or a new audience coming through every year and losing the older audience, or do you try and adapt with it? And that's always going to be a dilemma for this sort of show. Yeah, definitely for children's TV. Yeah, because kids grow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, strange that, isn't it? Um, yeah. So you, I think maybe there's something in that. Maybe it was, you know, maybe it was growing, you know, certainly because as, as the audience was getting older and buying the books as well, and it took me wrong, like the books, like we're not talking fucking Harry Potter here, you know, they no, were, they, very, they, they were way for thin picture books. But, yeah, it, it, you know, it would be basically what the episode was. But it was encouraging you as a child to read. Yeah. You know, so you are going to start to grasp and as you read, you are going to get a better grasp of narrative. That's something that's going to happen. You're not just—it's not just going to help your language skills. Yeah. Like you are going to start to understand storytelling in a way that you might not necessarily when you just plonk down in front of the raggy dolls for ten minutes, watching them fuck around with an aeroplane. Yeah, and I've—I've I've got to be honest. I—I'm I'm writing at the moment. I'm doing um, Nanorimo, 
um just because i've said i'm going to do it for years i've said i've said since i was about 15 i'm going to write a novel so i'm actually going to fucking do it this year um i've been in lockdown for seven months i haven't started it but you know that's neither the other there but i was i was doing some writing yesterday and number one asked what i was doing i said well, I'm, I'm i'm writing a story and her first thing was well i, I want to do one too and she and she's been reading this particular series of books there um, um i can't remember what the, the series is called but there's fucking hundreds of them there are literally hundreds of these books. They're only, I don't know, 80 pages, no, 80 pages, quite big text and pictures in them. But they, te- they tell stories. And so she, you know, all of a sudden, through reading so many of these, and then she started reading some Roald Dahl, she started reading stuff, you know, other stuff of that sort of ilk. She's now starting to work out that you need a beginning, middle, and end. And she's working out how, no, she's kind of starting to work out how to tell a story. Mm. And again, that, no, that's from, like, we've always, no, we've read to her from the time she was born. Well, actually, I was reading to her before she was born. Um, but, you know, so she's all we've always done that, and she's always been interested in stories and interested in books. But to a point now, where now she will, and it's quite funny and it's quite sweet because she thinks it's a, you know, some sort of rebellion whereby once we put her to bed, she'll put a torch on and she'll be reading until like nine o'clock. And she never wonders how there's always a new book on the side of her bed, and there's always batteries in the fucking torch. But no, I don't kids, mind that. Kids you know, are dumb. Joe, you know, I'm, I'm laughing because my parents did the exact same thing to me. Yeah, I used to read so fucking mind. comics all fucking night. Yeah. That was exactly the same, and it's one of those you think you think, oh yeah, they put me to bed, but they don't know what I'm doing. But yeah. I say literally, the fucking back we have, we change the batteries every couple no every couple of weeks because she's worn them out. But every no every day we note no there's, the bookmark is not practically the end of the book. So come not come bedtime, there's a new book there. Yeah. So yeah. so no we're we're no we're really happy with that. Um, but yeah, no, it, it started off with little books like you had these, where it's very much. Today they went on a picnic. They had jam sandwiches and they took a ball and they played catch. And at the end of the day, they all went home. But again, there's some, no, it's it's a couple of short sentences, but it's telling you something happened, and yeah. then you have to evolve from there. And at that 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 sort of start at that base level, that seems to be where these are pitched. Um, and yeah. and I think I think you know it's there's a lot to be there's a lot to be said for that. And I mean, this is fucking no, 35 years ago, and no, I'm no, we're still doing the same thing now. Yeah, I mean, there's a model that definitely works for children of a particular age group, which is like, here's a bunch of really broad stereotype characters that you'll instantly recognize from our given characteristic. Yeah. And this week, they're going to go on this really, really simple linear adventure and very yeah. little is going to happen. There's going to be very little threat. Yeah. But they're just going to fuck it's around. Going to be start, middle, end. Yeah. And and you have that at the most basic level. Yeah. Here. And it is start is literally let's go on a picnic. Middle is let's get the food for the picnic, and end is let's all eat our picnic. Yeah, and but, that's, but that, it. that's it. That's but that's all you need for the in in this context. Yeah, yeah. I, well, that's that's all small. That's all children need in this context. As as all the forty year olds, we kind of need a little bit more. Yeah, and and look, it's fine for that. Um, I think you know, in in the relatively short time that we've had watching this, I think it's served it better than had I been watching it for best part of a week or more. Yeah, because. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm ever going to pull it apart. Yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to go back to it again. No, no. Um, I mean, I'll, I, I'll I'll try and introduce the kids to it and see what happens, but I can't see me doing a great deal with it again. I apart I, from singing it all the fucking time. Yeah, I, I feel no need to go back and watch any more episodes. It's not. It didn't entertain me really. Um, I I pulled it apart unfairly, as 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 you said, I did pull it apart unfairly in in many ways, and I acknowledge that that's unfair and that's me as a fucking near forty year old man watching a show designed for fucking five-year-olds so you know that's on me 
Um, but nevertheless, you know, in the context of this show, that is what we do. Yeah, that's, what, that's, have, what, that's why we do the show. We have watched shows that are pitched at this same age group, which I've enjoyed immensely. Uh, and you know we will similarly, watch... we've similarly we've watched shows that are pitched at a more intelligent Way intellectual up. level yeah. and have been horseshit. Yeah, I mean we've just we've just thrown Paddle Lane out there. It's not on our list, but should be. Is it not? So no, it's not. Oh, okay. It should be right. Should so be. so we'll kind of look at that, see what I think of that. You know, but I think had I been watching this for a week, I would be fucking. St- I think it might have had an effect on me. <laughs> like I think <laughs> I think my mental health may have suffered. Uh, so I, I think this would be a very different show had we pre-planned this one and watched more of it and had I really dug into it. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think you're possibly right. I mean, I as I, I came into this having... Well, we had, we had about 30 hours to, to really get into it. I watched more than I normally do because they're quick, they're easy to get hold of. Um, and yeah, they, you know, they were, by and large, very easy to watch without having to think about it too much. But there was an awful lot to unpack. And I think that... The 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 intent was well meaning. I think the, yes. I think what they tried to do, or what he tried to do, um, was noble. Um, I think it's what he what he set out to do. He did, but he did he didn't go far enough. Um, and I think there there are bits that have been missed. And I think that if, as I suspect, the whole thing is about inclusivity and inclusion. And you know, it doesn't matter if you're um, a, a posh toy that was too expensive to make, or you're a princess that got you no know, that that got all the clothes ripped off or your head's on backwards, or you're covered in ink, it doesn't matter. You can still be friends because you're still people, and it's the it's the, the person you are that counts, not what you look like. That's all very noble. I think that's a very you know a very good message to send to kids. However, the levels of representation don't quite match up, and I think I think, I think that's something that you, you picked up on quicker than I did, um, is that, yeah, it's not entirely representative of who we were as a nation then and certainly not as who we are now. Um, and I think that, yeah, possibly a bit more work needs doing. Um, that said, I did enjoy it. I didn't. I mean, yes, the animation was poor. Yes, the voice acting was fucking abysmal. But I didn't really care that much. Probably because I had. To, I knew I had to binge quite a few to get through it, and because I was doing a million other things um, yesterday and today, um, so it didn't really bother me that much. That said, I'm not going to go back and watch the other 105 or so episodes I haven't watched. I think I feel the same, you know, like I said, I've I've pulled, I've pulled things out of it. And as I say, I I think that's my issue rather than the show's issue. Mm. Um, And maybe that's me being slightly harsh on the show. Um, I certainly agree. Well, as you say, I I brought it up about, about the inclusion aspect of it. I think it's definitely a noble concept and I think it should be celebrated, but it's not explored properly. But I do agree with you. I, I can't say I didn't enjoy what I watched, but I also can't say, I enjoyed it. And I think had I watched more, it definitely would have pushed me over the fucking edge. Yeah. I definitely would have gone, no, that's too much. That is too much. Like the the handful of episodes I've watched in the space of like a day and a bit is plenty. Yeah. And that's me done. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, to listeners, what I would say, you know, as as we do um, quite often on the show is, can I recommend it? Honestly, yeah. But, in a very short chunk and knowing yeah, what you're going in with. Yeah. Like if you've got kids today, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see, to see what your kids think of. Like, I, I think it'll still play to kids. Yeah. I, think, I, I do. As well. I do think it'll still play to kids. I, I just don't think, I don't think it's worth going back and spending any time with as an adult when there are much better shows from your youth. I promise you that you can go and spend time with compared yeah. to this. If one. you're not sure, we have an extensive back catalog. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. 
Fuck it, look, go and watch Rent a Ghost. I, I sound like a broken record now. <laughs> if you want, if you want something lovely, go and watch Rent a Ghost. Okay, that's got a really nice, wholesome feel to it as well. Um, so go and watch that instead. It's way better. Yeah. Um, as always, though, I mean, we may have been way off point with this, um, as most of this episode seemed to be. Um, so yeah, if you have a different thought, different opinion, please get in touch. Let us know uh, on Twitter at SMPDPod. Um, yeah, we'd, we'd love to know what you think. Um, similarly, you can go to our website, ddpodcast.net, and leave us a message through there on Facebook with the Double Down Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts from, be it iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Music. Like, share, review, comment. We'll get back to you as best we can. But um, yeah, just let us know what you think. And until next time, see you later. Raggy dolls, raggy dolls, dolls like you and me.